and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have this amazing, a beautiful soul for you, Cassie Mendoza-Jones. Cassie works with women entrepreneurs, healers, coaches and creatives who are driven, devoted and honouring their dreams. Those that want to become more powerfully aligned to their bigger vision. Clear away perfectionism, procrastination and overwhelm to create their own version of a beautiful and aligned business and life. With a soft spot for fellow perfectionists and a focus on energy, emotions and entrepreneurship, she uses a combination of kinesiology, business alignment coaching and natural therapies to support women in getting clear on their next steps, working with their feminine energies, tuning to ease and flow and increasing their clarity, confidence and energy so that they can create a thriving life and business. Her work is for you. If you're ready to let go of your limiting beliefs, fears and worrying thoughts that consume you, and if you want to build a life and business that feels really good for you. Her lessons and insights have been featured on live national TV on the Today Extra show, in national and international publications such as Collective Hub, Cosmo, Australian Natural Health Magazines, and she's been interviewed on countless podcasts and spoken at events and workshops around Australia for a variety of companies. One of her little affirmations from her book, It's All Good, is don't break the shadow out of you. Bend with it. I just love that quote. It's now time to tune into this enchanted and blissful woman of inspiration. Enjoy. Well, today we have a very special guest for you, someone from Australia this time, Cassie Mendoza-Jones, all the way from Sydney. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I just uh, love the fact that you're from also from Australia. <laughs> it's nice for a change. <laughs> it's nice, yeah, lovely early for us. It is, absolutely. So Cassie, for our listeners, we always love to start with our Woman of Inspiration. Let's unpack Cassie Mendoza-Jones. What's your story? So, okay, I always knew, I, was, I am one of those people who always knew that they would be an author one day. I finished high school and I went straight into studying uh, PR at uni because people told me I'd be good at it. I had no idea what I wanted to do and I quickly realized that was not it. So I actually moved into studying makeup because I've always been really creative and I just thought it would be something that would keep me going until I worked out what I wanted to do. So I studied makeup artistry for a year in Sydney. Then I went and lived in Toronto for six months and I studied there. 
came home, worked in the fashion and beauty and advertising industry for a few years. I got an agent who managed all my clients and bookings. I got to travel a bit. I went to Vanuatu for um, a music video and I did hair and makeup there for three days, which was fun. And then after a few years of this, I started to feel like there was something else for me to do. I always loved food and nutrition and herbal medicine. So I found myself speaking to the models when I was working on set because, you know, at the beginning of a shoot, you're with the model for the first two hours of the day. And so you chat. And so I would talk to them about their food and their health. And one day, a really good friend of mine, a stylist, said to me, well, you know what? Maybe you won't always be makeuping. I remember that was her exact phrase. And that was the first time I thought that maybe I could change my career again. And I looked into studying naturopathy and nutrition, and I quickly realized that that was something that I really wanted to do, something that really lit me up. So I moved into that. I started my business in 2011 as a nutritionist while I finished naturopathy studies. Then soon after that, I started studying kinesiology. And then soon after that, my business really started to shift away from the very physical work, uh, you know, working with digestive issues and hormone imbalances to working really with women who were working on something in their lives. So doing, helping them to do the work that lights them up through their businesses, their creative life, their writing, and working on the mind, body, spirit side of everything as well. So really helping them to clear away blocks that might be stopping them from moving forward. And through all that, I was writing. So I've always loved writing. I wrote a novella for my last year of high school for four unit English. I did on, an online writing course when I was going through a breakup in my early 20s that really helped help me heal. And then in 2014, I went to the Hay House Writers Workshop and I submitted my book proposal and I won the book deal back in 2014. So that was my first book, You Are Enough. And then my second book, It's All Good, just came out last year. So that is, a nut, in a nutshell, my journey and how I got here. Mm, I love that. So I have a couple of questions. So first yeah. one is working with women. We have a lot of women listening to this show and entrepreneurs. Mm. You were talking about working with their blocks. What are some of those common blocks that you um, were working with? Yeah. So I find that it will really depend on the person and where they're at, but then there will be common themes that come up. So one of the things, and one of the things is comparison. So feeling like you know, either you're comparing yourself to someone else or you're comparing yourself to almost like this future version of you where you keep putting yourself up against your potential and feeling like you're never there yet, which is that perfectionistic tendency that some of us and so many of us have. Um, another one is really not trusting yourself and your guidance and trusting your past or continually feeling like you need to be further ahead of where you are. There's a lot about self-worth, so just not feeling worthy of receiving what you're, what you're putting out there, receiving what you're wishing to receive and hold. Uh, a lot of it can be about money or about opportunities or about feeling nervous of being seen, being worried of being judged. And then there are all other little sabotages that come up. So when you are working on a project or working on something and you, get it, you come up against a little block, some kind of resistance, and you start to talk yourself out of doing it because you listen to the resistance instead of moving through it. So and uh, those are, I think, the main ones that come up and also then pushing yourself through burnout or to burnout because you're not really listening to your body at all. Mm, love it. Yeah. I was curious as to, to what are those common yeah. traits that you see on a regular basis. 
So, Cassie, I'd love uh, to unpack your book. Obviously, yeah. for our listeners, they can't see the book, but it is beautiful. It's Thank all good. And what I was just explaining to Cassie is I love the fact that you've got these little affirmations at the end of all your chapters. Um, I'd love to unpack this book. How did this book came to life? So, It's All Good came to be through a business, in air quotes, failure. That was really not a failure at all. And so it was several years ago, I was working on a huge creative project. It dropped into my head one rainy Saturday morning when I was eating a croissant. It started as what I thought would be a webinar. Then it was like an e-course. Then it was turned into six e-courses. Then it turned into a whole society. And I went ahead and I started working on this project. I worked on it for a year, which like for me, I do things very quickly because I just, I don't, it's hard for me to procrastinate, right? I'm like, go, go, go. And so I worked on this for a year because there was so much to do. I invested so much money in this project. I up-leveled my team. I created a whole new website for this project. I did all, everything, right? And then I went to launch it. There was an issue eight days before launch with a trademark issue because the name of the project at the time, uh, apparently there is a massage technique that is trademarked with that name somewhere in Australia. So that person got in touch with me. I had to change the branding, like the, not the actual branding, but the, the names of everything. I had to get a new URL, a new business name, new everything. Then I got that trademark. So there was all this stuff that came up. And then when I launched the project, it just didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. And again, I kind of put the thought in air quotes because I had such high expectations of myself and of this project. And when I look back on it now, I can see that it actually did really well. It was just that I had sky high expectations that were blinding. And so when I didn't meet those expectations, I felt like I had failed. And it took me a really long time to forgive myself for that, to forgive myself for putting myself into debt by doing the work that I felt so called to do. And there's that feeling when we're building something that we can sometimes have of, well, I'll build it and then they'll come, right? Like if I do the work, then I'll be rewarded for this. And, and I learned that you don't always get rewarded in the way you think you might. And so after about a year of, of healing, releasing, clearing all of that, I started to get these little drops. So when a, when, a, when a book starts to come to me, it comes to me in sentences here or there. So I started a, a folder, a spark, I called it a spark file in my Evernote folder. And it was just called book two. And I just started to write little sentences that would come to me. And this was actually just after, <clears throat> excuse me, just after It's All Good, sorry, You Are Enough was coming out. So I was really still in the vibe of my first book, but the second book was coming to me. So I spoke to my publisher about it. I was like, this is my idea. What do you think? They loved it. And I just started writing it. So it really came from, yeah, and really having to navigate failure and challenging times and realizing that there's so much beauty. We know that we can learn so much from our challenges and our failures, but it was what do we do with that information? How do we integrate it? How do we up-level? How do we recalibrate our energy and our mindset? How do we start to trust again when we feel like we put so much into something and we didn't get to where we wanted to be? And how can we start to set goals again and have that confidence in ourselves that we can work towards what we want but the little asterisks on the end of that is or something better. So now when I set a goal, I'm like, this is what I'm aligning to or something better. And the or something better is not always what's well, often what we, it's, we don't expect it. So for me, the or something better of my, of that project is actually my book. Like that is, that is what came from that project. And that is perfect. That is the, it's all good part. 
Mm, I love it. So, Cassie, do you still have this project alive and kicking today? Well, so interestingly enough, as I was finishing writing It's All Good, so that was early 2017, the guidance dropped in to release that project, so to close it down, shut it down, uh, and so that's what I did then. But there are still parts of it. So um, part of the one, one of the courses I'm pulling out from there I've revamped it a little bit and I'm actually going to relaunch it in a few months. So there are still, there are still pieces that I might use in the future. So repurposing, but the project as a whole is no longer. Mm. So can I ask you, what would be one of your greatest lessons you learned with this project? My greatest lesson, I think it's to show up anyway, because we can't control the outcome. And so it's to trust that, if you have that within you to, to do something and to show up, to focus on that, focus on how that is honoring yourself and supporting yourself versus how the showing up versus like fo- focusing on the outcome because you can show up and do something and, and it might not turn out the way you wanted to in your mind, but to trust that as a whole. Mm. The reason I was asking Cassie is because quite often, you know, you'll hear, we've had lots of uh, um, women of inspiration on the show. And so there's, there's two flavors. One flavor is first, you must know what, uh, what your tribe wants, what's the need in the market. And then you have the other flavor. They say, follow your heart and create what you're really passionate and good at, naturally talented at, and that will come to you. Yeah. What do you believe about these two flavors? So I love that you just asked that because I'm, I'm right in the middle, but I lean more towards like, so one of my workshops and courses that I have is called love what you create, because it's about loving what you create first. Because if you don't love what you do, how can you invite anyone else to love what you create with you? Mm. But I also believe that you, so it's like testing the market. So I do believe that it's important, obviously, to ask what your tribe wants and how you can help them. But I think that if you ask a million, like let's say you ask 100 people what they want, you're going to get 100 different responses. Yes. So it's to, it's to find that middle ground. So it's like, this is what I want to do. And out of that, what, how can I serve you most, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. But I do believe, and it's interesting because when I was creating this first project, I had spoken to people about what they wanted and I had done a survey and I was, I kept my, my, my tribe and my audience, uh, updated along the way with everything. So, you know, I launched the website and the free ebook and all these blog posts before I launched the courses and everyone was so excited. So there was that real like vibe around it where people were really, you know, I felt that excitement. Um, and then it still didn't turn out the way that I had anticipated. So because of that, because of that experience, I now know that you have to do the work that lights you up. And it is trusting that the right people will come to you and find you. And then in that, making sure that what you're doing is serving and supporting them. But I do believe that you have to love what you do first. Otherwise, you Mm. can't invite anyone else. No, I'm right there with you. I I think it's got to be something that you are so passionate about that you want to share with the world. Yeah. Absolutely. So I would like to unpack a little bit about your book and mm-hmm. some little, I call them gold nuggets. I know we've got, we always ask for three gold nuggets at the end of the show, but yes. I, there's one story that I'd love for you to share for our listeners is the lobster story. Oh yeah. Uh, would you like to share that? I thought yes. that was really, uh, I love that story. So it was, it was actually a video that hilariously I've not watched since I wrote the book, but there was this um, video of, of a ra- 
I was about to say of a rabbi, a video of a lobster. Actually, it was the rabbi talking about how a lobster will, you know, get really uncomfortable in his shell and then he has to find a new shell. And there's this real vulnerability and the sense of being uncomfortable, but that is how you grow. Um, and it's the same thing. Like I used to have hermit crabs when I was little. I don't know why I had hermit crabs, but when they got too big for their shell, they would leave their shell become, you know, because they were too big for that shell. And then they'd have this sense of where am I? Where's my new home? So you always had to have bigger shells in your hermit crab cage so that when they got too big for their current shell, they could find a new home. So there's that real vulnerability, that real sense of, I'm not sure where I am yet. I'm not in air quotes there yet, but it's to trust that bigger plan and surrender to that, that growth, that transformation. And knowing that when you're in that space of being really uncomfortable, you are actually growing. So that is a lobster story. You can actually find the video of the rabbi explaining it. Uh, it's on YouTube, I'm sure. Mm, I love it. Yeah. So did you want to pull out a couple of jewels out of your book to share with our listeners? Just so they give them a little bit of an appetizer so they just run out and go and buy it. Like to read a bit? Yeah, maybe just pull out some jewels that you think really would resonate with our listeners, something that really um, resonates with you. Because I find with books, there's always a couple of things that you go, wow, that was really powerful. So yeah. what were some of those for you? Okay, so, um, okay, do you want me to, re- I can read like a little p- tiny bit here that I yeah. think might be helpful. So this is chapter three, liberate your expectations. So I've said here, I think our stories can sometimes feel so painful because they don't match our expectations. I know that's definitely the case for me. If I hadn't had such great expectations, I would have had a completely different experience. But thinking like that doesn't actually help anyone. And I know because I thought like that for months and it didn't help me get anywhere. I know because when I felt stuck in the depths of my confusion, overwhelm and lack of momentum, I steeped and soaked and marinated in every other potential possibility of what might have happened if... If I'd thought it all through more, if I hadn't spent so much money on the project, if I was more successful, if I'd gone into it more slowly, if I was stronger, smarter, easier on myself, better at letting go, and on and on the inner dialogue went. And then I talk about how that self-flagellation of trying to like reword a situation to help you, to help them fit a present situation or a future, how it doesn't exist. And that what if game doesn't really support us in surrendering to where we are, in releasing you know, any stagnation, any sense of failure. And actually it's the opposite of allowing ourselves to move forward and to integrate those lessons learned. Mm. So it's whenever we have an expectation that doesn't land where we wanted it to, or we're going through a challenging time, or we're just feeling like we're in that space in between where we're kind of lacking momentum and then being really hard on ourselves about it. So that, yeah, I've, I've, that's part of that moving forward and really trusting and surrendering to the bigger plan. Yeah. And I think Cassie too, expectations can also lead to disappointment because I think that, you know, even if I have to reflect on, as you were speaking, I've, there's, you know, definitely in my time, I've had high expectations of an outcome and then been really disappointed. Uh, And, you know, instead of just uh, looking at, and I think that when you have high expectations and then being disappointed, it almost stops you from finding how to move forward. It keeps you stuck. It really does. And then when you feel stuck, then you start to, it's almost like this uh, self-fulfilling prophecy of you're like, well, that won't work anyway. I'll never get there anyway. I don't know how to move forward in that way. And then you, you lose that confidence within yourself. So you don't actually try to move forward or try to release those blocks or to clear that self-sabotage or to 
work towards whatever it is that you're working towards. And then you're like, well, see, I told you it wouldn't work anyway, but you didn't really put everything into it because you didn't trust yourself enough. Mm. Yeah. And that's a big word, isn't it? Trust. Yeah. So Cassie, I'd love to uh, find out what would be that piece of advice that you would like to give somebody if they were to embark on a new life or a new career? Uh, I would say, I would say trust yourself and keep coming back to your core. So to not look outside of yourself, of course, to be inspired by, by other people, by what other people have done, but to keep coming back to knowing your worth and trusting your path. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you've brought it up a couple of times about comparison and looking external of yourself. Mm. And yet we all do it. We all do it. It's like, what is that person doing that I'm not doing? And how is it that they're where they are when, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, I get that when I'm working with my clients, I get that all the time yeah. where especially uh, individuals, uh, especially women in business and entrepreneurs, yeah. they build their business around somebody else's model because yeah. that's what they aspire to be, do have. Yeah. And in, in reality, it's, you know, once again, I was just having another conversation before just about an hour ago, you know, it's common that businesses probably are lucky to last 12 months. Right. And that goes back to, you know, are they actually doing it from their heart? Is it coming from, you know, is it something they're passionate about? Yes. So I think that's a, that's a big one. I mean, how do you not compare yourself? And then how do you trust yourself? How do you yes. back yourself? So... Such good questions. So in terms of comparison, this is, I, I, I've been there, right? Like, as you said, so many women, well, especially women in business and women, I think most of us compare ourselves at some stage to someone else. But when you're building your business, it can come up a lot. And it came up for me so much when I was starting my business, which is how my first book came to be because I was for so long felt so stuck in that comparison trap. So for me, what I learned is that it's fine to see something within someone else that inspires you, that, that you, that feels like it's calling to you, that makes you want to do more or to show up in a bigger or and better way, but to not use that as a way to quell, like to push yourself down. It's actually to say, if I see something in someone else that inspires me, how can I create my own version of that? And to know that if you are feeling that, that trigger, it's because it's showing you something, it's a mirror, that there's something within you that can, that it either is already there that can create that now or that already has the space for that or there's something within you that can create that and really anchor that into your life and into your dreams and goals. So it's letting go of that, of that, of that sense that there's not enough, that sense that there's not enough space for you or you know someone else already has that, so how can you have that too? It's about coming back to, what you are wishing to create and receive in your life. And then it is that it's the twofold. It's to know your worth, to know that you are worthy of receiving that or something better, which is what I learned through writing. It's all good. It's the or something better. And to trust the path that you're taking to get there. And so to not compare your path and to not compare time-based because you might be learning lessons slower or faster than so-and-so. And that doesn't mean that you're better or worse or higher or lower. It's just that you have your own path in life and business. So it's to really honor that and to really honor where you are and to know that when you stand in your power and you call your power back to you, then you can create and receive whatever it is that is there for you. There's this beautiful quote by Marcus Aurelius from his meditations and I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, um, 
something about like wanting only what comes to you. I actually really want to find this for you because it's an, an amazing quote. It's on my Instagram. So I'm just going to quickly turn my phone on because it's such a beautiful quote. And he says here, let me tell you what it is. Um, love only what falls your way and is fated for you. What could suit you more than that? And that to me uh, is like words to live by. So that is my. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I love that. And I love how do I create my own version? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what about, so with the trust piece, mm. what has been some of your greatest learn along the way? Yeah. You know, you've got written two books now, two successful yeah. books. What has been some of those greatest learnings? And, and maybe if we can tie it in with the trust piece, because I think trust is a big word yes. that quite often we use and you know it's it's okay like you know in conversations we've had you know with other um guests on the show you know it's okay not to trust yeah uh, and then some people will say no you have to trust you have to give trust to earn trust mm -hmm. and or um trust needs to be uh, earned you know there's so many beliefs out there about trust so i'd yeah. love it to link it in with trust uh, and your lessons Yes. So do you mean lessons in terms of like writing the books? Well, anything. Yeah. Okay. Anything that sort of, you know, stands out for you. Yeah. So, so what stands out first is in It's All Good, I, the chapter that is really, I mean, the whole book is about trust essentially, but the chapter that's specifically about trust uh, actually came from a conversation that I had. Uh, a friend of mine went to a, a, like a lesson at the airport that um, pilots were giving because she was becoming quite nervous of flying because of turbulence and the pilots were explaining how the turbulence is almost like imagine that you're you're there's fruit set in a cup of jelly and someone shakes the cup and the fruit will wobble and and shake but it can't fall because the jelly is holding it up right. and so that that chapter is called the pilot and the jelly because I just had to call, call it the pilot and the jelly and so that to me is trust like we often talk about the net underneath us and now since that conversation i feel i think of trust as fruit in jelly because you can wobble and shake and it can be terrifying sometimes but it is that trust that you won't actually fall and then even when it feels like you've fallen you've actually landed where you needed to be and so to me tr trust has come through everything that i've done and i know what you what you mean when some of your guests have said you have to earn it i feel like it's this beautiful cycle right so you earn it by actually trusting first and then you realize that you of that you can trust that you know how to trust and then you might lose it some days but it's always there within you it's the same thing with your self-worth self-worth is innate there's nothing that you can do to gain more of it so you can't lose it and with trust i feel like it's that it's that piece too so there is always trust within you and for me if i'm ever feeling in my head too much you know like just over overwhelmed or thoughts swirling or my a future trip often. So I'll just zoom. My husband calls it zooming. He'll catch me. He's like, you're zooming. I anchor back into my body. So it's, it's through breath work. It's through maybe holding acupressure points, which is through my kinesiology work, but you can just put your hands on your heart or on your throat or on your hips or your, you know, your back, wherever it feels good. And to really let go of the how, let go of this need to know, and to, tr to anchor back into your body and into your, whatever it is you're wishing to call in, abundance, flow, momentum, whatever it is. And that is how, that is a huge lesson, something that I've really learned and it's something that I continue to embody and to call in. Because when you 
feel, when you trust that you are supported, then you actually can let go of that how. And you know that you can, you know that you can do whatever it is that you're doing or something better. Mm, I love that. I loved everything that you said. I was, I was actually taking some notes because oh. the, the interview I just did before you was talking about you have to put yourself out there so people start trusting you. It's yeah. earning that trust. Yeah. And so it's it's interesting how it depends on, I guess, you know, from your own perception, where are you standing to how you, because when you think about it, when we buy off people, we need to have a level of trust of in what they do. Yeah. Yet as the entrepreneur and the business owner, you've got to give out the trust and give as yeah. much out to then, you know, build that trust. So. Yes. I, I do love what you were talking about and letting go of the how, I think that's, you know, quite often we get so stuck on this is how it's going to pan out for yeah. us and this is the outcome. We get so stuck on that that we don't see other things that might come towards us. Mm. It's almost like it's, it's a block. Yeah. I have a post-it on my board, my pin board, like above my computer that I'm looking at right now. It says, let go of the how. And I look at it when I am in that, in that mode of well, how, would, how will this happen? What will it look like? When will I know? And I'm like, you know what? Does it matter? Like me knowing might not change that outcome anyway. So if I can just let go of the how, and especially, well, not even especially this year, but it's in the last few years, I've noticed, I've noticed this real beauty of, of trusting that I can let go of the how. And so I have ways that I'll manage that, right? So I have a, a, a post-it kind of trail on my pin board as well. And it's just ideas or things that I'm working on or things that aren't uh, complete or solid yet in their in in like the way I'm planning it or whatever I'm working on. So it might be like, you know, a little note about something that I think I might work on and there's a question mark there. Or I'll say maybe one day this. Or I'll just pop it on a post-it and then I just leave it there. And I'm just like, this this is something that might happen potentially. Let's see how it all plays out. And I just give that project time and space to come to me. In, the t in its own time without me having to force something. And I've noticed this real spaciousness in my, in my planning and in my year because I'm just trusting that I will, the ideas will come when I need them the most. Mm, I love that. Absolutely love that. The other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration, Cassie, is pain points. We believe that every business entrepreneur has pain points. What would be some of your pain points and how do you get through them? Mm, that's a good question. Do you know... I think that my pain points are the old things that I've actually worked through, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, I have one. <clears throat> so when I was shifting my work from, from nutrition to naturopathy to kinesiology to working more with entrepreneurs and healers and coaches and creatives, there was this real fear that I was going to leave people behind in this pivoting in my business. And so that for me has been not so much a pain point in that like, it's more just what has been my focus in the last few years of really trusting that I'm not leaving people behind when I'm pivoting in my business because I'm doing the work that lights me up. Hence, I am you know, drawing in more clients and new clients who need that work from me. Mm. And I've really noticed how beautiful that, that has been for me to really kind of step into and really own and really anchor into. And what's been amazing is that so many people who I thought I would in air quotes leave behind have joined me on this new version of my business and have actually said to me, I, I'm loving 
seeing where your business is going and how you've evolved. And I've had three emails like that in the past just few weeks from people because it's, yeah, it's been something that I've really been anchoring into as my work continues to evolve as it, as it must, as, as humans and as a creative woman, my work will continue to evolve. So there's been a lot of trust in that. So that has been a recent pain point in like the last well, a few years, but it came up again recently as I really stepped into working on a new project that will be out later. I can't talk more about it yet, but that came up for me to clear. And I find that, and I'm sure so many of your guests and listeners, it's the same. We, we teach what we are. It's not even so much what we have le- always learned. I mean, it, part of it is that, yes, but it's also what we're continually deepening within ourselves. Yes. So we deepen it, we anchor into it, we ground into it, and then we expand by teaching it. And then it will come up again. You know, elements of It's All Good came up uh, just before the book tour. Elements of You Are Enough came up for me just before the book launch. Uh, so my work comes up for me when I need to anchor into it again. Yeah. And doing that, it really helps me to clarify and amplify my message because I've relived, I've relived it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so true. It is. We, we teach what we learn yeah. and what we must learn as well. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So the other thing, Cassie, is what do you think would be a reason or a number one reason that uh, entrepreneurs or businesses uh, fail to succeed? Uh, I think that, well, there's a few things. I think potentially a lack of confidence in yourself and, it, and in a lack of confidence in putting yourself out there and allowing yourself to be seen and heard and speaking up. Uh, potentially what you said before of following someone else's or trying to follow someone else's path and trying to do, you know, saying, Oh, this worked for so-and-so. So this will work for me and not actually honoring what you need to be doing. So doing things you sh- you think you should be doing, that's an absolute killer. It's, you have to release that, that, that self-imposed pressure and expectation that you should do all these things. Cause it's, that will just become an energy drain at some point. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe it's just a lack of trust as well. Trust in yourself, trust in being able to take on support. So, you know, we can't always do everything ourselves. <laughs> There's going to be a time where you need to bring in someone to help you, whether it's, you know, something practical in your business, like a bookkeeper or an accountant, or there's something, you know, there's collaboration there or there's coaching, or there's something that you need to really help you clear away those inner blocks. Because when we, when we get really clear on what we're working towards, we can actually move those inner blocks away because we trust that bigger process and that bigger, you know, our bigger picture and our, and our, that path that we can really trust that we're on the right path for us. So I think that it's probably potentially inner blocks that get in the way. And also then thinking you have to know what success means to you because it's going to mean something different to everyone. So it's really not chasing an external version of success, but knowing what that looks like and feels like for yourself. Mm, I like that. And I think that, you know, as you're saying to this, I remember seeing a quote in your book that trust that out of chaos, your clarity will come. Yes. Do you want to talk us through that one? Yes. So there it's what I believe is that the things that create that chaos for us, it's, it's twofold. It'll then in some way help us to create that flow again and to bring that clarity up or out for us. But it's also these countless new ways of, of, you know, clarity that we haven't yet mastered. So it's when all the information drops in about 
what we want to be releasing, what we want to be, you know, moving forward with what we want to be letting go of, what we want to be stepping into. And it's like all swirling into, in our heads. So that's when it's about really grounding into your body, releasing what you don't need anymore and really stepping up into what you are working towards simplifying, clarifying, amplifying. And so for me, there was in air quotes chaos and more inner chaos really for quite a few months while I really dealt with the, you know, really high expectations, the sense of failure, the sense that I was so far away from where I wanted to be, that real sense of like stickiness and lack of momentum and really feeling like I had lost all my personal power. So I just felt quite powerless really and quite stuck in this kind of victim-y lack mindset because I felt like things hadn't gone in air quotes my way. So that was my chaos that I had to shift and clear and I had to start to take up space in a new way and clear that victim mindset and know that I was in the right place for, at the right time for me. And that even though I couldn't see the outcome, things were, were working in my favor. And then the clarity came through, the clarity about how to do things differently, the clarity about re rewiring my approach to what it means to feel successful versus being successful, like to shifting the axis. So it wasn't external, it was internal and really stepping back into my power. So I think if you're going through something right now that's feeling chaotic, it's trusting that there will, there will be clarity that comes through that and it's to really allow yourself to ride that wave. I talk about in the book, the chapter that is really focused on surrender, even though kind of the same thing with trust. Most of the book, the, the two main themes of the book are trust and surrender and then integrating and recalibrating. But the main chapter on surrender, I talk about when you dive under a wave and it's maybe a, a bigger wave than you anticipated and you kind of get rocked back and forth a little bit. You might not know where up and down is. Uh, and then finally, when you can come up for breath and I, I say that, you know, you wipe, you wipe the, the water from your eyes, it might be sweat or tears. And then you take this deep breath and everything looks different, but you had to kind of swirl through that, that unknowingness that where you didn't know where the top of the bottom was, where you didn't know where, when your next breath was going to be. That is how we can come through that surrender, trusting that we will get there or somewhere better all in good time. Mm, I love the word surrender. It's such a big word. Yeah. One that I'm still practicing. Yeah, we always are though. That's the thing. We, it's, it's not like you're going to surrender one day and be like, awesome, brush my hands with that. I'm done. Like now I trust 100% and I surrender and all is, everything's fine forever. That it is this, in a beautiful way. It's this constant recalibration um, maybe not constant, not the good word, this consistent recalibration and tuning in and aligning and focusing on, on where you want to be and anchoring into that. And there'll be days where that feels easier and days where that feels, you know, a bit gritty. And that is where the trust comes in as well. Mm. So we'll never be completely surrendered and also surrendering. It's not giving up. It's this letting go so that you can actually allow more in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that links in very nicely to the how piece because I look at surrendering that sometimes we work so hard mm. towards a project, for example, if we're working on a project and we're so in it, yeah. then we create this vortex around us, this energy. Yeah. And when we get so caught up on how it should look like and how it's going to come and the whole outcome piece, yeah. we're actually creating a block. It's yeah. when we let that go and it's it's and surrender to it and just be open-minded to how it's going to come to you yeah. that's when it comes to you yeah exactly mm. so cassie as we wrap up the show we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick yeah. one word that best describes her personal brand what would be that one word for you oh gosh 
uh, I think in my I think in my little notes here I wrote coffee. But you're allowed <laughs> to have coffee. <laughs> yes. It would be oh, can I have well yeah, it would be oh there's so many words. Do you know what actually comes to me first? It sounds a bit funny, but it's my brand colour, which is teal. Yeah. And that comes to me because I just love I just love teal so much. And I'm not you like it's funny because I'm not the kind of person who necessarily has a favorite color, but it obviously is teal, but I'm not mm. someone who's very, um, like I'm very flowy and I don't love things to be very matchy matchy, but teal is my brand color. It has been since I started my business. So that is actually the word I'm going to pick. Mm, I love it. You should check yeah. in um, what it, the meaning behind teal. Cause I don't know if you've heard of orosoma, which is color therapy. Yes. Yeah. That's so it's idea. linked to uh, unconscious things. So have a look at what that actually means yeah. for you. That's a good idea. Mm. The other thing that we love to do as we wrap up our show is to ask our women of inspiration to pick three shiny golden nuggets mm. for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Okay. So the first one is to know that you are enough exactly as you are right here today. The second one is to trust the bigger plan for your life and inclusive, like included in that is to trust yourself. And the third one is to keep showing up and keep doing the work that lights you up. Mm, I love that. I even like that it's simple that know that you are enough because mm. how do you know when you're enough? I mean, we're constantly pushing, striving yeah. to this, you know, who we want to be, mm. who we aspire to be, that kind of thing. It's like, how do we know when we're enough? Yeah. Do you know what I actually talk about in both books, moving the goalposts? Yeah. And how we have to stop doing that. So you say, well, I'll be enough when. One day when everything's perfect or when this is finished or when I know the answer to that or when that has worked out in my favor, then I'll be enough. And the truth is, do you ever get to that one day? Because you're constantly moving the goalposts. So mm-hmm. to know you're enough, is that it's as simple and as complex as saying I'm enough today. Mm. It resonates with my husband actually was saying to me, Catherine, stop coming up with ideas. Let's just stop and uh, let's just work with what we've got. It's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love working with what you've got. That's been my motto for this year, actually. Use what you've got. Yeah, yeah. It's like build on that. Don't keep yeah. creating new stuff. It's it's you've got all the stuff. It's just how do yeah. you bring that to life so that yeah. you can be like, how do I be more of service? You know, yes. so that's that's my my drive. Yeah, beautiful. So Cassie, where's the best place for our listeners to find you? So I'm at CassieMendozaJones.com. It's all one long word, no hyphens. <laughs> and then I'm on Instagram also saying Cassie Mendoza Jones. It's probably my two best places. Otherwise, I'm on Facebook too. But my website and Instagram are probably the best places. And also, if you're in Sydney, you'll probably just see me in Bondi getting coffee and going to yoga. So, yes. I love that. That's why you picked coffee. Yeah. Cassie, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show. For our listeners, check out her book, uh, It's All Good, and also You Are Enough. It's a beautiful book. I've got it right in front of me. Uh, And I I love the fact that you were so open and sharing your wisdom with us. It's been amazing. And it's lovely to have uh, someone so close or nearby to Melbourne anyway. Thank you so much for having me. I really loved chatting with you today. Thank you. Thank you and have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you. That brings us to the end of another episode. 
I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.